Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host Samira Ali and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination and grit. Welcome. Welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. Another week, another amazing story and I'm really really excited today because I've got a special guest with me all the way from the USA and I will basically welcome him to our show. Welcome Abdullahi Abdunur to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am really excited to hear your story today. Welcome. Thank you very much Samira. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, be able to you know tell my story to the to the to the world so i'm pretty excited to be here that's fantastic thank you and uh, uh, since the pandemic i've started asking like this question and i feel like it's really important that i ask this question to all our guests how are you today i'm i'm doing great um so today has been a good i, I just started off in a good day, in a good mood um i was very excited about this podcast you know and uh just uh, i'm really thrilled so it's been a good day so far um, yeah, thanks for asking. Alhamdulillah, no, I'm really pleased. I just feel like for all our mental health and well-being, it's important that we ask each other, how are you, and just check in. And so I'm really pleased to hear that you had a good day. Really, really, I'm here today to find out more about your wonderful story. And yes, so without further ado, Abdullahi, please, could you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what is it that you do? And then, yes, we'll take it from there. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so, uh, just to kind of like, I'll start with my name. Uh, my name is Abdullahi Abdunasir. Abdunur. Uh, I think with the United States, it mostly go with the last name. So, Abdunur is like my family's name. So, I go with Abdunur. Uh, in general, I go with Abdul uh, because just from experience, I've had people just butchering my name, uh, trying to say Abdullahi in the right way. And it's been really hard, especially in the United States. Uh, so, that's the whole reason behind like, you know, changing to Abdul. I was initially born in Somalia, uh, spe- specifically Bardar. I don't know if anyone knows about that place. Uh, then I moved to Kenya, where I studied uh, primary school, high school, and uh, then after that, uh, I got the opportunity to move to uh, the United States. Uh, very lucky. I studied my associate degree at, the, at Seattle Central College. And then once I finished my associate degree, I went to uh, my bachelor's degree where I studied uh, so I, I computer science uh, in software engineering at the University of Washington, Bothell. After that, I directly, you know, I uh, started working uh, my first job at Visa as a software engineer, um, alhamdulillah. So what I do, what, what, what Visa does essentially is it, you know, whenever you go to a grocery store, for example, when you swipe your card, Oh, Visa, you know, like does the authentication. It does all the, you know, good stuff. Like for example, making sure you have enough funds to kind of like fund your uh, um, purchase and all that. Um, so I've been there for the past three and a half years. Uh, I got promoted, alhamdulillah, to senior software engineer after two, two, two and a half years. Um, and uh, after a little bit, I started my, um, I started my master's degree in data science. Um, this start of this year, alhamdulillah. So that's kind of like me in a nutshell got promoted after two years at you being in your current role um, to from 
software engineer to senior software engineer. Congratulations for that. And are you still at Visa now? Yes, I'm still at Visa at this point. Excellent. So I really want to dig in and just find out how you went about getting your first role, what it was like for you to get that process. So if we start with how did you actually decide to do software engineering? Was it something that you... Since story, uh, before I came to the United States, I, I think I was considering doing something around the area of finance because uh, finance was uh, very important, uh, at least in Kenya. This was seven years ago. I, but when I came to the United States, uh, initially I was thinking of doing finance or like something related to finance because, you know, uh, that's where my mentality was uh, based in Kenya. Uh, one lucky day after coming to the United States, I, this was seven years ago as well, um, I think around 20, uh, 2013, uh, 20, 2014, yeah, so sometime around that area. So my, I was talking to my dad and uh, my dad, I asked my, my, so my dad asked me a question, which was, uh, what are you thinking to do in your major? I wasn't very sure how to answer that. So I just said, oh, I'm thinking of doing finance. My, so my dad was like, this is great. This is a very, very good opportunity. But uh, what do you think if, you know, uh, you try something, uh, for example, like computer science, which is, you know, like uh, something that's been on the, like, you know, it's been like kind of like uh, very interesting so far. Uh, you know, I thought that's not a bad suggestion. You no, know, like, why not give it a try? So I took my first computer science course um, 2014 summer. Uh, it was a Python class. And uh, when I took that class, just it was just fascinating. It was just different. Um, I, I came from a background where it was all about, you know, like theory, like, for example, physics, biology. I guess like there's some lab experiments and all that, all those things you can do. But at the same time, it just didn't feel like, you know, I could see the outcome or, of my work and like whatever I had done. Uh, but with computer science, it was very different. I could write some code and I could just see the answer out there. So that was my first experience. I got very, like, super engaged into it. And I started doing uh, some competitions, you know, like school competitions, like online competitions, different kind of competitions. And uh, I always tried to level up, try to, you know, maintain my uh, kind of like my coding ability. Sometimes I'll even write the code in hand uh, so that basically I can, you know, be better at syntax and all those things. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, get uh, as much, like at least get the knowledge as much as I can uh, on, com on computer science. Then Alhamdulillah, after taking Python, the first Python class, I was hooked um, from that day on. And uh, I took another class, uh, which was like a Java class. Um, and the Java class was required as part of my, you know, associate degree. I took the class, the Java class. It was very hard, to be honest. Uh, I think the first class I took was very, very uh, hard, but uh, it just got easier. Uh, I took Java 2, and then after that, I got into my major at the University of Washington, Bothell. Um, then after that, I started taking the advanced classes, for example, networking and all different other classes. And uh, those classes are really fun. It just, just became easier and easier as I moved through the, you know, like computer science track. Uh, so... I would say I think majority of this was uh, more of you know like just trying out new 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 ideas. I was open to ideas, trying suggestions, and figuring out what I actually enjoy to do and like to do, uh, basically. So. So basically, because you were open-minded and because you took on these extra courses, you thought, oh, actually, I enjoy it now. So you actually tested it out a little bit. Is that correct? Before you. 
went full in and that's something that's a good advice actually for anybody before you do something you could always take courses so where did you take these courses was it like in college or sorry like was it somewhere else before you applied for the major I mean how does it work in the US because for us um, in the UK when we want to like try out a course we can do something called a taster session where you can come in for like maybe a weekend or I don't know you can come in for a day or you do like an open day or things like that how is it in the US like how did you get to try these um, short courses before you did I mean uh, just in case anybody else would like to follow up on your footsteps <laughs> definitely um, yeah, I think uh, we do have similar system like that, but uh, the way I, uh, the track I went on was different. Uh, so what I did was, um, so usually we have an associate degree, uh, and then once you complete your associate degree, you can you know go for your bachelor's degree, or like you actually you can get into your major. So there's a you do a two year program, which basically like enables you to do kind of like the meet the prerequisites of the major that you want to get in. And then after that, you get into your major, and then that's basically like how it is. So as part of the prerequisites, I included a course of computer science, essentially, uh, just to try the waters, just try to, to, to try to see what I if I really like it. Um, uh, that's uh, essentially how I approached it, and that's how I was able to get that course uh, going on, at least from my side. Oh, excellent! And what would you say is then obviously like you know you, you know you, you mentioned the story earlier where you said you found the java class the most challenging one and um but you know when you found that challenge and you were like like you know struggled at the beginning how did you overcome that challenge with the java class i think uh, a lot of it was about first of all uh just putting in as much as i can so just to give you some background uh, so Python class, uh, what uh, we had the f ability to write the code, uh, like or test our code by you know using our computers, and that was fine. Uh, but in Java, you had to literally write all the code by hand, essentially. And I think that was like the trickiest part because uh, I wasn't familiar with that aspect of things, and you had to write, the, you had to get the uh, syntax correct. It wasn't just about like you know getting the idea correct. Uh, so to me, it just seemed like this, that was a really uh, a huge pain uh, initially. Uh, what I did is uh, I essentially went to uh, first of all I I did practice a lot. I spent like maybe I spent like maybe like twelve hour days or like however long it took. I, I had like a lot of Red Bulls, you know, like whatever it requ whatever I needed to, you know, overcome that challenge, right? Um, and also, for example, I'll, I'll always show up in my uh, professor's office hours and so on, just trying to make sure that I'm on top of things. Uh, I had like I think uh, when I first got my midterm results, I was devastated. I I, I did like as like like I didn't do as well as I was hoping to do, and uh, that kept motivating me basically to you know get better and like improve and you know like make it so that I can you know get it, get better at the finals because you know like just the midterm is not the final thing right like you have to like there's the final coming up so that was that kept motivating me to you know do better and uh make sure that you know i, I, I eventually you know uh get the grade i was looking for in that class oh that is really inspiring so it was basically the fact that you knew that you had to put in all the hard work that you can to improve these grades that you've had and you've made the most out of all the resources that you've had so whether going to your tutor your professor or like you said you know like just doing in 12 hour days and that is dedication so i really salute you kudos brother um 
for putting in that work because it's true when you really want to do something you have to put in in the work and um you just basically just kept working hard for it is that correct that correct that's correct yeah i think uh, to at least uh, have the philosophy of you know uh practice is essentially the key thing and uh, i think if you practice a whole book actually which i i really like like to read uh, which is called i think uh prince success success principles uh so the idea is that you know anything you put 10,000 hours in you know you'll become an expert in that in that item so i i tend to like believe in that and uh, that has always motivated me you know to um be like always put as much effort as i can into anything i do basically but into something or you feel confident about a subject that helps with imposter syndrome have you experienced that at all abdullahi um so i uh, actually it's a very interesting question i personally never felt an imposter syndrome uh-huh um mostly because i always knew uh like if i didn't know something i'll eventually know it so like uh so personally i never thought like you know that would be a problem personally and uh like for example i when i was taking my first java class i didn't know much about java and uh, there were some students who already knew about java um but they thought you know like i'll eventually catch up so i never had any problem you know like uh, getting there so that's like basically the mentality i always approach by and i always try to uh, maintain that mentality I really like that mentality. You are definitely on the right route and stuff like that. And I think it's good because sometimes, I mean, with, with imposter syndrome, it happens to a lot of people. But for some people, like yourself, like you, the way you said it, is the fact that whenever it happens to me now for example I always remind myself actually it's, if I don't know something it's okay and you could learn it so I really like your attitude and the way how you've handled it so thank you very much for sharing that so so now we get to the point where you basically did your course you graduate now and uh, I bet your mom and dad and your whole family were very pleased and then if you can tell us about you know from graduation of how you felt from graduation to getting your first role as a software engineer the process that it took i mean was uh, was was it the first obviously um, how many jobs did you apply for or how many interviews did you attend uh, before you secured your first role because obviously after graduation i think a lot of people think okay you know what i got i'm graduated i can just get a job like that but sometimes before graduation people do internships to get a role so it would be really nice to know how you got your first role and what you did most 2017 um before that in 2016 i did uh so i think the, uh i i knew that i needed to get an internship before i actually graduate so what i did is i applied for internships and that was the most painful thing i've ever done in my life um i applied to almost maybe like 200 positions or like 300 positions and maybe like uh five companies at the actually not even five companies probably even like maybe three companies you know uh, just responded back to me and uh, i interviewed with one company and you know i got my offer from that internship so uh that was the most painful thing i've ever done and uh, i think it was it was really hard because you had to you know like put all the effort you can you know try as much as you can and it was like with like with the response rate it was just very devastating for your, my for my confidence uh, i just started thinking oh like you know uh what's what's going what am i missing here is there something i'm missing and um i think that was really painful but i think one thing that i always you know that kept kept me moving was that you know the fact that things just happen and you know like uh, like this as- aspect of luck as well and uh you just wish you know just ho- hope that the luck is going to you know come your way eventually right 
Um, so once I uh, got my internship, uh, I think 2017, before I also graduated, so this was uh, 2016 in the summer, uh, not in the summer, sorry, around fall. I started, uh, for, so fall in the U.S. is mostly around from, um, sometime from like October until uh, December. So around that time frame, I started applying for my full-time position. And also that was very painful because, uh, you know, like you had to go through a lot of uh, interviews. Uh, so the only most kind of like the, the good thing about this time was I already had an internship, uh, which I did. And um, that internship helped me a lot to, you know, get other positions or like other interviews scheduled. Um, in that scenario, though, I did apply for like also more than 100 companies and I got a response from like maybe 10 companies. Uh, I went on site to maybe around four companies and then I got my offer uh, from Visa eventually uh, around. I think it was around the next in 2017. I got it around April when I was actually graduating on um, June. So uh, personally, I think the whole journey was very painful. Uh, it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of energy. Um, I always felt like, you know, I was like not, so I always felt like I wasn't doing enough. And uh, that also made me like trying to do more essentially. And uh, yeah, so that's basically the journey I went through for the internship, for the interviews and like everything um, that I did uh, before I got into Visa, the soft engineer. That is very inspiring, literally hearing you talk about how you've applied for over 300 companies for your internship. And that was just internship alone, you said, right? Secured the one internship. And this is the thing that I think I tell a lot of students to that I normally mentor. I always say to them, when you apply for internships, I say to them, also remember that there are lots of other people applying for internships too. You're not going to be the only one. The competition is super high. It's super, super high. But the one thing that you have to continue doing is, is just to continue applying anyway. And applying for an internship is a full-time role on its own, as well as having to study. And I understand completely because I've gone the same route years ago uh, when I before I graduated. And it's really full-on. And it's disheartening when you don't get... Um, any replies and it's disheartening when you get rejections but at least you know you you just have to push yourself forward so what was it that was driving you to push forward when you were just get, hardly getting any replies or rejections what, what was it, what was it in your mentality that you were like I gotta keep going like how did you keep yourself going mo motivated after that? Uh, so my biggest motivation uh, was you know the the idea of um, you know just trying to make my, my life better right like I always always had have the mentality of you know improving my life and like my situation and everything and uh, whatever challenges come in the in the way uh, it's just about like meeting my goals or like getting to my goals uh, my goal was basically you know to get an internship and uh, I had to meet that goal and that was just essentially just moving me uh, all the all the time and um, also I think a lot of the times there's the social aspect of it uh, where you have other students also, you know, like uh, working through the same challenges and that helps a lot to kind of like, you know, open your eyes, you know, it's just not me who is actually having this problem. And uh, we're doing this together as a group, right? And um, I think that helped a lot in terms of, you know, uh, kind of like having that bridge of like, you know, getting between like, you know, there's, there's a point where you just feel discouraged and like depressed, right? There's that line and basically like having other people going through the same experience helped a lot in terms of, uh, you know, um, going through this uh, challenging time basically. That completely makes sense. You had the support network, other people that were going through the same struggle. So you knew from day one, it wasn't only gonna be you. 
it was other people that were also having these issues and and like you said one thing what i like that you really said as well is is because you knew your no matter what your goal was to secure the internship at nomad and and then so how long was the internship for so the internship was for three months excellent okay and were you doing like lots of things to like you know make sure that you stand that and everything or like how what advice would you give somebody who's going through an internship what should they do to stand out I think uh, a lot of it is just about it's it's very hard, especially for internship. You don't have any experience. Um, I think one thing that helped me, uh, at least uh, for this uh, the inter- internship uh, perspective, was I had a, I did tutoring. So I used to tutor math and computer science, and also I used to be a grader or a TA. Um, so I think that helped a lot in terms of kind of like at least because I didn't have any other experience. Um, I think that helped at least uh, show the you know p- potential employer that you know i could help out in a lot of ways uh yeah i think a lot of it it just depends on it's a, it's all about luck a lot of the times and it's just about you know just applying and trying your best as much as you can and uh um another aspect is uh to you know to really improve your linkedin i think linkedin is a very uh, very good site to kind of to get internships and yeah, and uh, find potential employers so uh, that's another recommendation I'll give working on your LinkedIn and improving your LinkedIn profile. That's one more thing. Absolutely. I agree with that. LinkedIn really does open doors for you. And especially if you use it the right way in terms of connecting with people, I don't mean just message somebody randomly, but what I mean is build relationship with people. And then like, if you see a job, being advertised you can reach out to the recruiter to ask a question so at least the recruiter can remember you when you apply or like sometimes you know it just helps as well to be courageous and just ask can I um, I've got a couple of questions is it okay if I can ask you those questions can I find a bit of time to speak with you because I think the more you can get somebody offline um, so that you speak to them via LinkedIn but you actually get that call or I don't know that meeting with them I think you're in some big definitely like 50% halfway so really really good advice thank you for that and what would you say is as well is like when you obviously got your congratulations you got your after applying for another 100 companies you said 10 companies got back to you and out of those 10 companies literally you got your role at visa which is fantastic but again 100 companies and then you got 10 companies that get got back to you that's a really good return on interest i know some people that might be listening will think oh wow he applied for 100 and only got 10 replies back but let me tell you now 10 replies is fantastic in the um in especially when it's your first job and you're getting a graduate role that is a fantastic achievement honestly like I I think I applied like maybe to over 200 or something or over 150 perhaps um before I got uh, my first ever like you know role and stuff like that so it's you will go through a lot of companies and that is totally okay so don't think of the numbers like don't over worry it could be even 500 companies that you might apply for but what the most important thing is is that you continue going on for and yes and, and it's consistency and consistency pays off so alhamdulillah you got your first job at visa now and how was that different compared to your internships and what do you think you've learned from having that job abdullahi uh so i think my first position uh i started so it was around july 2017 that's when i started uh you know working um so i think uh it was very 
painful um, initially because uh, it was as as like uh, when you're in school, you everything is structured, everything is you know um, is is in place. You're taking this class, you're taking this other class, and the professor you know shows how the class looks like uh, uh, you know like through the syllabus and all those things. So you have all that you know going on. But at work, it's different. You have to fend for yourself. You have to, you know, find things for yourself. You have to be proactive. You have to be, you know, you have to make sure that you're on top of things. And uh, essentially, there's no hand-holding, uh, which, you know, you get a lot from school. Uh, that was a huge kind of like, you know, uh, like initial, you know, you know, it took me a little bit to get used to that. Um, I think the most crucial part was... Uh, been you know vulnerable and uh, making sure that you know at least you are aware of your you know weakness you're just you know just graduated you should be you know willing to you know go uh, and ask for help and not to be afraid of help that's something you know I learned early on in my career and uh, yeah so that's been like my whole time and I think right now I've I've got used to that like in that in the sense like uh, being able to like showcase what you what, what you're looking for and trying just trying to get solutions to your problems and um, yeah so I think the biggest thing which actually impacted me a lot was the fact that you know there's no hand holding anymore it's all about you know what what uh, how can you achieve things which are vague and uh, essentially that was the biggest change compared to like when I was in school that completely makes sense and that's really good tips exactly when you learn something at university to the time that you're actually doing the university till the time that you're actually doing the job it's completely different it's like you learn theory and then now you're doing practice and you're practicing and and, and the potential is unlimited right? right what would you say is um you said, mashallah, you got like a, a promotion after two years as well, which is fantastic. So that's, that shows, obviously, you must have really worked hard. And like, you know, what I mean, your, your work ethic must have proved itself to show that actually, you know what, I am working hard and I'm basically just focused. And basically, your ethics must have really helped you to get that promotion. I, th I mean, as, as always, it's always about, you know, uh, it's all about luck. I think a lot of it has to do with luck. Uh, with but, 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 but don't you think with luck also you got to do hard work as well obviously the, the things have to be aligned I agree with you or whatever but don't you think because of the amount of work you put into something luck is just a bonus or do you disagree I agree with that I think um, so uh, initially when I started off um, uh, as, a, as, a, as a software engineer right? like it took I had to put as much effort as I could, uh, work like maybe 16 hours. So typically when you're in university, we're, we're always taught that, you know, uh, work hard in university and then, you know, work is going to be, you know, pretty easy nine to five job. That's not the case. You know, that's not, you know, like what's going to happen. You also have to, you know, make sure that you're, in, you know, improving your life, uh, like improving how you work. You have to be, make sure that you're working hard um, also at your, at, your, at your work so that basically, you know, you can enhance your career, you can move your career forward. Uh, so I wouldn't, as, as, as a person, I wouldn't mind working 16 hours because, you know, at that point I was, uh, I was living in San Francisco. So just to give you some background, um, after, so I was living in Seattle when I finished college and then I moved to, uh, California or like the San Francisco Bay area to, uh, work for visa. So at that time, um, I was living by myself and, uh, I had like plenty of time. I could just like, you know, work. And uh, so that's that was my highest priority, which was you know enhance my career, make sure that I get what I you know what I'm looking for, 
um, I wasn't really motivated by, you know, the promotion. What I was motivated was just, you know, getting the knowledge or like acquiring as much knowledge as I can when I actually don't have any responsibilities in my life, right? So that was like, you know, the key thing, which is, you know, uh, kind of moving forward. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think a lot of the time it's about, you know, putting in the hard work, trying as much as you can. And uh, and then, you know, luck comes in uh, eventually. Um, so that's always the goal. But yeah. That's basically uh, how, you know, like like how I got into the position I am currently. Well, not today. Obviously, you've got a really busy role. How do you organize yourself? Would you say you're the kind of person who does, um, like, I don't know, lots of calendar, like dates? Or do you do, for example, do you still use like a manual diary? I mean, how do you organize yourself? How do you keep yourself on top of it all? Um, so I was uh, very disorganized uh, when I initially started off. <laughs> Uh, but then over time, you know, I like I got better uh, in terms of uh, so most of my like my my position mostly doesn't require a lot of meetings and it doesn't require a lot of uh, you know like uh, other items. It just requires coding, and uh, where you have like your computer and you just like code all the time, right? So that was basically like what I mostly uh, do. Um, so I think the biggest thing is, uh, for example, um, I try to manage or like organize. Uh, using like bookmarks i think bookmarks are like something which is which actually saved my life a lot uh, in, in order to be like a very organized person uh next thing is uh for example like uh you know organizing my desktop and making sure that everything is in place creating different folders and uh you know making sure that everything is in the correct folder so that you know whenever i'm looking up those items again i can just find them easily and uh in, in terms of like doing some research on like online for example i would usually just use like you know the bookmarks bar just to save in the correct folder or like the correct bookmarks and so on um so that's uh, essentially like you know how i try to make, make sure that you know i'm on track i'm organized um i i, I can be honest i was not organized <laughs> before uh, earlier when i actually like started off and Maybe even like for a couple of years, I wasn't organized. Uh, but yeah, I think um, that's basically like, you know, one uh, the, the way I, you know, stay organized uh, at least with the current, with my current position and everything in person and stuff. So, yeah. Thank you for your honesty. No, absolutely. It's uh, it was, you learn to be organized one way or another. And I like the fact that you gave the example of before when you were living in San Francisco. Um, so you so you relocated to to your job, and basically you had a lot of time on your hand, and you said you were just literally putting in all the work. And obviously, with that comes somehow a routine afterwards, doesn't it? Of to do things in such a way where you feel like okay, at least on top of it all. Excellent. So what would you say is, you know, obviously the whole time before you were doing your work, at, you know, you were looking for work, you know, so if we go back to the time that you were looking for work and you graduated and stuff like that, obviously you must have got lots of advice. Some of it you really appreciate and others you don't appreciate and not all advice is equal. What would you say is one of the worst advices that you got or some of the worst advice that you got that now that you look back at it and you're in a better place that you just think, oh God, <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> what would you say? Um... I think uh, I have like a mixed feeling about this one. Uh, so I will say uh, it's probably like study hard. <laughs> um, it obviously, you know, has a positive connotation in the sense I think uh, it's a very it's a very good thing to you know study hard. But at the same time, a lot of the times, uh, you know, when you're studying hard, you get to miss out on a lot of other things. For example, you know, a personal growth. Uh, for example, like how, like I when I was initially when I moved from Seattle to San Francisco and living by myself, I wasn't aware how I didn't know how to cook. And uh, I, I will go out all the time. Uh, so I think if I spent a little bit more time um, on like trying to learn how to cook and those, you know, those things, for example, I will be able to, you know, uh, 
like lived better off when I moved by myself into the to, to San Francisco in the Bay Area. I think uh, that's like study hard is you know without actually considering all the other aspects was probably like the worst advice I would say. Um, studying hard itself is not a bad thing. It's just that uh, you have to add other aspects, or, you know, of your life into that area essentially. I am so with you. I think study hard is overrated. It's I think in, people need to learn to study. It's called study smarter. That's what I would say. Study in a smart way where you process information quicker and more efficiently and stuff like that like basically you can be studying what is it like 10 hour a day and literally your productivity level will be like what like maybe like you retain only an hour or something at max because of, of the way it, the way it is you're overloading yourself or it could be that you're somebody who studies literally one hour a day but because you're doing it in that one hour I mean by all means anybody who's listening out there I don't recommend you only study for one hour a day that's not what that's not <laughs> what I'm <laughs> preaching <laughs> but what I'm it's just an example just to say that it could be that somebody might study an hour like I have like I'll give you an example like one of my brothers he has got such a photographic memory memory and he's so photo like he's so good at like he, he will read something once and he just retains it naturally I've never been the kind of person who just gets things naturally or whatever like I have to read read so I'm in the category of you know, like I had to find ways to study smarter where there's somebody like my brother, he'll, he'll like literally listen to something for one hour and then before you know it, he can sit and examine it and get an A. <laughs> uh, yeah, also I can, I think uh, I'm pretty much in line with you, like in the sense, uh, I don't think, I, 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 maybe like I think I require at least maybe like once or two times basically. That's uh, essentially what I have to do to kind of like, you know, make sure that I'm in pace for everything. So yeah, it doesn't also come naturally to me as well, so... <laughs> exactly it might not come naturally to us but it's just that we had to find ways to get to to get it, it to work for us and stuff essentially so now then the other question is then so did you learn to cook then <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, 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 or are you still, are you still continuing, continuing to take away <laughs> you know uh, cooking is not it's not a you know you get to learn and that's it it's a, it's a process so I'm still working on it and I'm still like, you know, getting better at it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, one step at a time, basically. So, yeah. I'm with you. It is absolutely a process. And the most important thing is, and it's an essential life skill. So it's absolutely an essential life skill and it's good. Like, it's a process. So well done for that. That's definitely an achievement on its own as well, Abdullahi. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. What would you say, you say is, then how do you, how keep, do you yourself keep yourself motivated, motivated when, when the tough, the tough gets, gets tough? tough. Do yes, you have, uh, have like daily positive, positive habits, habits or routine? So I think uh, just uh, I think those are two different questions probably. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to uh, take a stab one at a time. Uh, so what motivates me mostly is the aspect of like the drive to get knowledge um, essentially. So I I always think that uh, you know knowledge is power and um, as as much knowledge you have, I think the better off you are uh, just in general. And I always, you know, strive for that. I always try to, uh, you know, acquire as much knowledge as I can. Uh, I was working a visa, and then I think after some time, I thought maybe, you know, for example, like uh, I thought maybe I should give a, a try to data science. Um, that's why I started my master's in data science uh, starting this year, alhamdulillah. So uh, I think it's all about, for me at least, what motivates me mostly is just, you know, the drive to get more knowledge, try, the drive to, you know, understand things, the drive to, you know, make sense of things around me and so on. 
Um, coming back to the other question, which is the daily habits, positive habits. I'm not sure if this can be considered habits, but I do drink tea. Uh, you know, tea like helps me a lot in terms of like, you know, feeling like um, refreshed. And uh, I also go biking whenever I get a chance. Um, I also try to sleep like, you know, or maybe like take naps uh, during the day. And I also do like maybe shower or something like that, even during the day, uh, like during like midday, for example, and so on. Uh, so that I can, you know, feel refreshed and, you know, feel positive again. So, yeah, those are, like, mostly what I do in case, like, you know, I feel, like, very, uh, like, not, like, very stressed or anything like that. And those help a lot. They're, like, my personal uh, remedies, basically, so. And those yeah. are good, good personal remedies, and those are really good self-care. And, yes, I agree with you. Those were definitely two questions all in one. <laughs> so thank you for um, breaking them up and answering them individually. But it's good. And I think especially now, I mean, with COVID, um, I'm assuming um, that you're working from, from home, home now. now or That's you're not correct. in the office anymore, right? right? So you, you do those things where you have, have a midday mid nap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a mid midday, right. midday power nap. Like, what is it? Like 15 exactly. minutes, boom, and then you're, and you're awake. awake. Yeah. For me, mid nap, mid midday nap doesn't, doesn't work for me, but yeah. It's recommended to take 30 to 40 minutes in terms of the power nap. Yes, that's, yes, what, that's they what they say. Before yeah. you get deep sleep, sleep exactly. So I think if you go over forty minutes, you're probably just sleeping. So exactly. I tend to, I, tend to, I usually tend to go uh, around like thirty-five minutes, and that actually helps a lot personally. Myself in three words. Um, I think uh, these three words I'm going to probably mention are. Um, I've been told these are the three words I'm actually like. Uh, I am personally, and uh, so. Uh, the first one is stubborn. <laughs> I've been told this like multiple times by uh, my, by my you know friends, colleagues, and uh, you know everyone I know basically. Uh, so the other one is uh, so stubborn, and then I've also been told outgoing, and uh, I've also been told I'm spontaneous. I'm okay with outgoing and spontaneous. I just I'm not okay with stubborn, just because you know I'm stubborn, <laughs> so I'm stubborn to be. <laughs> You're stubborn because you're stubborn. No, but, 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 but the thing is, it's interesting how other people will describe you, isn't it? So if you went, okay, so, so if we, obviously when we say it's describe yourself, so how would you, I mean, if you didn't choose, I mean, you didn't choose stubborn, how would you describe yourself? You're happy with outgoing, you're happy with spontaneous. So what, what third word would you choose for yourself then? Is uh, actually, I, would, say, how, I would still say stubborn. It's just that. Yeah, there you go then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think uh, because there's nothing wrong with stubborn. There's nothing wrong with stubborn. It's basically uh, I think it's underrated. Stubbornness is underrated. Um, because uh, like without being stubborn, you know, like you're just going to go with the wind. And uh, I think uh, you need to have like some stubbornness to be able to, you know, um, uh, at least do uh, what you. Absolutely agree with you. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with a bit of stubbornness and stuff like that. You know, it's it it's what makes you you after all. You know. So that sounds really good. And um, just to follow up question from before, you said you were studying data science now um, and, and that's for your master's. What attracted you to data science the most? And eventually, do you want to go into the data science route like completely? So move up from software engineering and become a data scientist full time? intrigued me in data science was uh, for example now you just look everywhere around you right uh, you have self-driving cars you have you know a lot of things you can do with data science and uh, it was a little bit you know I just thought you know if we can solve a lot of problems with data science you know why not 
why not try it out? Why not check it out? I think that's like basically what has been on the market and what has been like very interesting. Uh, also, like you know, data science, you know, uh, tries to also grab the bridge. For example, like uh, there's an aspect of natural language processing where you know, let's say you have people like one person who's speaking in uh, English, for example, in our Somali in South Somali society, you know, like some some of our older folks don't know how to speak in English, for example, right? We might might want to do some translation and so on. So natural language processing help, helps with that, for example, and it's just mostly on data. Um, so that's, you know, something that intrigued me. We could solve a lot of problems with data science. Not that, you know, software engineering doesn't also solve like a lot of problems. We do also solve a lot of problems with software engineering. But then if I have software engineering in my belt and also having, having data science, which actually, you know, adds to my, you know, uh, like knowledge and adds to my uh, you know, uh, like uh, whatever I know, right? So I think that's like the best combination I can always ask for. And that's, you know, the reason I looked into, you know, looking into data science, for example, and like trying to uh, gather extra more knowledge uh, from for my career, essentially. That's, that's fantastic. fantastic. So it'll be double expertise. So you're consistently, you, you definitely, um, you are an advocate for consistent, consist I can't even say the word now. <laughs> you're an advocate for consistently upgrading your skill and upskilling yourself. So you'll be both knowledgeable in data science and you'll be also knowledgeable as a software engineer. And I think that's a really great combination. Fantastic. So inshallah, all the best of luck with that. And once you are a qualified data scientist, we'll definitely have you again on the show and then we can hear how your data scientist um, journey is going. So it'll be really interesting to hear that. Um, and how else would you say is then obviously throughout all the stuff that you've been doing in your life, what would you say is is your greatest achievement so far? I think um, my greatest achievement so far is probably, you know, being a software engineer, right? Um, so software engineering, I think it, uh, you can clearly see in terms of this whole COVID situation. Um, I think that has, you know, showed up in that scenario. Um, as, as a software engineer, you get the flexibility to, you know, as long as you have a computer and you have an internet connection, you can do your job. Basically, you can just, you know, uh, uh, do what you what you what you're good at, essentially. And I think um, I, I had the opportunity to move back with my family or like, you know, go back home to Seattle and stay with my family. And uh, that helped a lot in terms of, um, you know, a lot of different things. For example, like I was able to spend more time with my family, my dad, my mom, uh, and my siblings and, you know, like all those uh, things, right? So I think uh, that's like probably my greatest achievement and uh, it's helped me, you know, be closer with my family. Um, and that's a big achievement in itself. Oh, that is really wonderful. I always say it doesn't matter what you do in the world or like where it is. I think this family can definitely, um, it's having a family and people that, was it called, love you and like, you know, having your, your closest friends and family members. I think that is absolutely priceless to have that freedom where you can spend time with them and do something that you also love. And this is something that you've been able to combine. So just to go back and ask a question then. So was it because of COVID-19 and the offices shutting, you were able to move back to Seattle or was that something that you had an agreement to do way before the because obviously I understand with um, software engineering it's a remote job you can do it from anywhere but was it because of COVID-19 you got to this um, you got to move back to Seattle or was it just previously where they said to you just work from anywhere so this was uh, because of COVID-19 um, I think uh, I moved back to Seattle around June uh, when you know the office was shut, shut down and like everyone was uh, asked to uh, work from home um, so yeah, that it was mostly because of that, and um, I think uh, 
uh, software engineering as you know as a profession it's you know, a remote job but i think uh, at least personally i did prefer you know the in person uh, because you're able to uh, socialize with your colleagues you're able to you know whiteboard things faster you're able to you know think through a lot of different scenarios and i think uh, that connection you know is lost with like you know working from home or like a remote job kind of a deal and um, yeah, so I think uh, that's basically like, you know, one one thing which I really, you know, like about the office um, in general. But I think having the opportunity to work from home as well when, you know, needed, I think it's a huge privilege. So in future, if you were to get the option of move back to San Francisco Bay and go back to normal office hours or stay where you are, I've been asking this to everybody as well. Like, you know, all my friends and all my, like, you know, people that I've worked with, I'm like, and, and we're all 50 It's like a debate. Some of us are like, we're never going to go back to the office. And some of us are like, yeah, no, we have to go back to the office because, you know what, I'm just fed up working from home. <laughs> so what team are you on, <laughs> Abdullahi? <laughs> it's, it's a very hard question. You know, I <laughs> keep switching myself sides um initially i was uh, pro office like you know go back to office um i think after like figuring out like how to manage my lifestyle at least um you know living home and like working from home i think i was able to i'm sort of leaning toward you know stay home, like work from home uh but still it's you know it's a constant change it's something that you know will constantly change and so on uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's a very hard question about this point uh, in my You're life. You're on the border, 50-50 now. <laughs> exactly, I'm on the... <laughs> You're on the fence. <laughs> I'm on the fence still, yes. Absolutely. But yeah, I think that, that could change, yes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, I think I am definitely, for me, is like I really uh, but then again before even the COVID-19 I used to work remote quite a lot but I did like going into the office you know sometimes just to see clients and you know have that like you said the facial interaction the human connection that nothing can ever um what's it called be like it but I absolutely do really like working from home with all its challenges <laughs> um and, and all the blurred lines between personal space and workspace you know like you said you I, I think with working from home you do end up working for longer or maybe it's just something that I'm so what would you say is then is your um who is your biggest role model yes uh so I think uh, I will say my biggest role model is my dad uh just to give you kind of like some background on my dad so my dad uh he uh he came to the united states around 2000 time frame and uh at the same time we were still in kenya uh so i remember like at that point in time i had no idea what he was doing but uh he was uh basically working you know like two jobs or like you know also at the same time going to school I think uh, one thing which is really admirable about like his journey is that he always, you know, always put family first and then education second, and uh, that's how he basically raised us. And uh, that's something you know I admire and I really like look up to in terms of you know um, uh, following the footsteps essentially. Uh, those are the two big things I think he has always instilled in us and making sure that you know we're always on that page. Um, yeah, he went through a lot of challenges. Uh, he went through, uh, I think, um, yeah, he, also, he was also supporting another family, like my other family, another family here in the United States itself. And uh, been able to do that, like supporting a family in the United States, a family in Kenya, and also, you know, like uh, going to school at the same time is not an easy job for like doing that for like almost like 20 years or like, you know, like some, uh, something around that time frame. It's been a lot of work. And I think, yeah, that's something, you know, like I always admire about him.
MashaAllah. No, thank you very much for sharing that. Your dad sounds like a great guy. And I'm really glad to hear that basically you're following in his footsteps as well. MashaAllah. Good. What would you say is then is you talked about your dad facing challenges so i would like to know a bit of like you know maybe like you know some of the challenges that you've had in your life how were you able to overcome them um i think a lot of the times it's all about consulting uh in the sense whenever you have a problem um i think it's it's okay not to you know uh it's okay to ask for help it's okay you know like to be it's okay like for example let's say you know you have like um let's say i need help um at work for example um, typically, I will just go to my uh, my team lead. I'll ask for help from my team lead, and then uh, you know, like if we're not able to figure that out, I probably just go to my manager directly. Like after that, uh, as a second step, trying to figure out like what we can do. Um, so I think uh, I'm a personal like I'm a huge advocate for you know uh, whenever you need help, ask for it, and don't shy away from it. And that has helped me in a lot of ways in terms of like facing, like whenever I face challenges, whenever I face any issues or, or like any place, like even personal, for example, I'll talk to my dad or my mom and ask them what they think and how I can resolve um, items. Um, and uh, if, for example, let's say I had an issue with like mental health, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't shy away from like actually asking help from like a therapist and so on. Um, so yeah, that's basically like how I approach this, uh, you know, like um, kind of like challenges. I like that. Very honest and open in the sense that basically, and it's really simple, isn't it? Just ask for help, ask for help from the right people, ask for support. But for some of us, it's just that maybe like, you know, asking for help doesn't come naturally. I know for a fact, for me, it didn't come naturally at all. Like when I started my first job, I felt like I had to know it all. And I almost felt like, I mean, I mean, this is going back like, I don't know, like, 14 years ago in my first role I remember thinking I don't want to ask for help because if I ask for help people are going to think that I don't know what I'm thinking and stuff like that and, yeah, and I was there too were you there too <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's such a, such a, now that I look back I just laugh at myself I'm like why did you do that to yourself exactly I have the same experience it's okay not to know like because, uh, you know, you don't know what you should know, right? Like, especially when you're out of college, you don't know what you should know. And uh, it's really hard um, to kind of, like, draw the line of, like, what you should know, what you should not know. And I think uh, it's really a good skill to know what you know and to know what not to know, what you don't know. I think it's a big skill to kind of, like, even know what you don't know, essentially. And uh, I think it requires a lot of experience. It requires a lot of, you know, iteration and, like, figuring out, like, what's, what you can do in that regard. But, yeah. Exactly. I'm glad you related to it as well. But honestly, it's just, yeah, you learn and you think, actually, you know what, it's okay. A lot of people don't know. Some of them, like, no, not everybody knows everything and that's okay. But I just think when I look back at it, I think it's the way... I've been raised and stuff like that, you know, it was always like, you know, yeah, go find the answer, go find the answer, like, you know, like my parents, mashallah, they're very encouraging, and they're like, you know, just go find the answer, so I always felt like I had to know it all and stuff like that, but then you get to a certain age or a certain, like, I don't know, career point where you think, actually, it's okay if I don't know the answer to X, Y, and Z, and I can actually confidently say, I don't know the answer, but I can get back to you. <laughs> That solves your life. That solves all your problem. I don't know the answer right now, but I will c come back to you. Thank you very much. You know, rather than mumbling on or just wasting time, you know, absolutely. Anyone who's listening, <laughs> especially any of like the people in the early careers, it's okay. Ask for help. Like Abdullah, he said, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. <laughs>
biggest thing uh at least for personally uh it was about like not looking dumb right like because i think yeah. that's something we're all afraid of and um i think that's the the biggest reason initially you will not ask but then once you realize that you know it's not dumb not uh, to ask questions then i think you become more like you know open about it basically you did it the hard way didn't we exactly but we're a better place now it was it was good lesson it was a really really good lesson and <laughs> what would you say so that was my quote that i couldn't even remember fully what would you say is your favorite quote <laughs> i think my favorite quote is uh this too shall pass um so the, the reason i like this quote a lot is the fact that you know it, it it's pretty much uh how i live my life Um, so my life philosophy is essentially uh, not to worry about anything that's in the past. Sorry, not to, uh, you know, like regret anything that I did in the past uh, and not to worry about anything that's in the future and just live the moment. I think uh, this too shall pass has puts that in a very like, great way where essentially there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you shouldn't worry about like what has happened right now. It's just going to pass anyways. And um, I think, yeah, that's like my probably my favorite quote um, which I have come across so far. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you very much for sharing that. And if you were looking back, we were, me and you were just literally reminiscing back about like, you know, some of our earlier mistakes or whatever like that we've had about not being feeling confident to say I don't know years ago. So what advice would you give to your younger self or to somebody listening right now who is, uh, I don't know, starting an early career? What would you advise them? Also, it could be even somebody who's in mid-career. It doesn't matter. But what advice would you give people like a good work career advice? I think, uh, you know, um, a lot of the times uh, the problem is there are some things which you learn through experience um, and there are some things which, you know, uh, I think advice will help. Uh, I think, uh, for example, if I mentioned something like, you know, uh, ask questions and don't be afraid of you know, asking questions, I think that's going to be hard uh, because for anyone, essentially, regardless of like, you know, where you are at your journey. Uh, because you have to experience it. You have to understand, okay, so, you know, that, that, that has to come from you, essentially, right? Uh, but the biggest advice which I will, you know, give anyone, you know, who's listening to this, uh, I will recommend, you know, like, uh, not not to miss out on your childhood, not to miss out, you know, um, on socializing, not to miss, miss out on all other, you know, like, developing hobbies, you know, making your own hobbies, you know, um, because I, I can tell you from experience, making hobbies at an at an older age is really hard. And uh, I think when you're younger, you have the chance to, you know, create those opportunities. So, yeah, I think, uh, start, you know, like study hard is also good, but like, you know, like also make sure that you have your social life going on. You're able to communicate effectively. There's all this, you know, like small things, which, you know, like uh, we don't pay attention to a lot of the time. So I, I would recommend, you know, to spend more time on your hobbies, uh, on, you know, what you love to do and not to, you know, be discouraged uh, of developing or in in increasing how like your, your hobbies essentially. I think that is absolutely great advice. That is really great advice because it's true. You don't want to be too focused on just one thing and stuff like that. And having hobbies is important because you want to be able to, what's the word, um, relax and basically focus on something else like it, and, and and hobbies there's so many hobbies out there right that whether it could be a sport hobby or it could be like a knowledge hobby or it could be just something basically have a passion for outside of work that's what you meant right that's correct yes that's correct exactly, exactly. because yes, it could be art. 
Sorry, sorry, say that again? It could be art, it could be like dancing, it could be anything essentially. Like whatever you like to do. Oh, cooking, think, uh, you know, improving, you know, improving your cooking skills. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have there, it. There, there <laughs> you go, exactly. And, and also like, you know, it, it, so it's basically doing things other than work in your spare time where you can focus on you. Because right now when you look at you, you're not going to be just Abdullahi, software engineer, Abdullahi, data scientist. There's more than two. You are not your job. You are more than that. You are basically, it's not your identity. And it's really nice as well when you have a hobby and stuff like that. I mean, I recently, during the lockdown, I, I don't know what other hobby you got into, but I got into um, drawing because I remember in in school, I was quite good in drawing and then I haven't drawn for a long time. Like, sorry, art, I, art, doing art. Yeah, and then, yeah, and so what's it called? I started doing art recently and it was really, really good. I, I enjoyed doing art. Did you get into recent hobbies? Um, yeah, I think uh, I started biking um, more after the lockdown. Uh, mm -hmm. because that's just like an individual sport. So I, I was able to pick that up and, uh, yeah, I did like, I bike like every time I, it's sunny in Seattle basically. So <laughs> that's, uh, oh, fantastic. yeah, that's what I mostly do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, um, yeah, biking, it's definitely a great, great sport. No, thank you very much for sharing that. So this is the point where it's coming to end of our show. And I think that obviously with our listeners, they've been very inspired by your stories and they will obviously might have questions, etc. And are you happy with people to connect with you on social media, like as on, on LinkedIn or any other pre preference? So yeah, I'll give yourself a shout out if people would like to connect with you, how they can reach, can reach you. you. Definitely. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually on, uh, I think about six six sites or like six uh, social media uh, stuff so i have a I have a facebook account i have like an instagram snapchat linkedin and uh, also like twitter um and reddit i believe so Excellent. um i go I can give them the links i can give them the links on the show yes on the okay notes. cool yeah i'm all uh, so i go by i use like the same username all across the platforms um which is basically like the first letter of my first name and then the first five letters of my last name, and then zero one, essentially. Excellent. I will write that down in the description in the summary so everybody can see and connect with you. So anybody who wants to get into software engineering or preferably wants to do a data scientist um, masters, definitely Abdullahi will be the person who will can able to answer questions for you. Or it could be that maybe something from Abdullahi's story resonated with you and you want to find out a bit more. But yeah, it's really, really exciting. And it's been such a pleasure having you on um, the podcast and just hearing your story. I really enjoyed that. I've made a note of some of the things that you said. And I just thought that was really brilliant. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Abdullahi. Abdullahi. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, this has been like a wonderful experience, and uh, I'm pretty excited, uh, you know, to share my story with the with the rest of you know Somali professionals. Oh fantastic. oh, fantastic! Thank, Thank you. you, and we look forward to having you on again, inshallah. Once you um do your data sciences and you, inshallah, you like basically go that next journey just to find that how that new journey is going to be. Hopefully, it'll be less painful than the first. first. One. I, I hope so. So far, it's looking like that. So, inshallah. And to and our to dear our... listeners, thank you so much for listening and uh, yes, c continuingly supporting us. We are we love receiving your messages. Please continue you writing in any questions anything that you want to hear more of we are definitely going to answer them thank you dear listeners thank you for tuning in 
to another episode of the Smiley Professional Podcast with your host, Samira Ali. Join us again next week for another wonderful, inspirational story.